please take your seats. The show is about to begin. Hey everyone, welcome to Truth Live Shenanigans. Sorry about the short technical glitch. My name is Neil Nix and I'm back with you live. I'm fully vaccinated, feeling good, well rested, <laughs> ready to talk movies with you all today. Today's show, we've got our friend of the show, Micah, on loan from Black on Black Cinema Podcast. We're talking about the Netflix movie Concrete Cowboy starring Idris Elba and the interesting, somewhat unique thriller, Promising Young Woman. Our quick fire today is about walking while black. Then in Hot Topics, Robbie wants to discuss an IT firm's employees volunteering to take a pay cut during COVID. And if we have time, Gianni will tell us about the state of the world and what the spy agencies think. <laughs> then we'll close, we'll close it out with our game, Black Movie Trivia. Before we get into the show, I've got to introduce you to our co-hosts, our professor, editor, journalist, and all-around sports guru out of Washington, D.C., Miss Lizzie Enders. Curtsy, curtsy, curtsy. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. Happy Sunday, fun day. Glad to be here with you. Feeling good, feeling fine. Um, this is, we're coming into my final week of school of classes um, for the semester at Howard University. So last day of classes for Howard is on Friday, which means that I will, subsequent to that, I will have like 150 papers to grade, but also most importantly, I've been double duty this week. So School of the New York Times instruction starts for me tomorrow morning. So this week I'm nice. going to be mean, extra crotchety, extra ranks, because I'm going to be <laughs> establishments. I'm going to be teaching both college students and high school students this week, but I'm up for it. I love teaching. I love you. And so bring it. Can't wait. Can't wait. All right. And we have a rock star with a rock band, Fallen Machine, and Chainsaw Enthusiast <laughs> coming to you from Sudbury, <laughs> Ontario, Mr. Rob B. Rock. Oh, what's up? What's up? Massacre. Oh man, that's actually actually oh, we God. put that chain, the new chainsaw to good use yesterday. We cut man, we worked and body. It's uh, really. I don't need a gym. I don't need a gym membership. I just I love working in the yard like that. <laughs> that's awesome. Do your hobby. As as yeah. Jose, as long as you don't cut Jose, we're good. <laughs> yeah. Or myself. I, I'm the one at ground zero. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and streaming from Atlanta, Georgia, our college student, model, actress, and co-host of Truth Lies Shenanigans Unscripted, Miss Gianni Storm. Hey guys. Hello. Happy Sunday. Um I am excited. I finally went out for after a long time. My friend visited me from Virginia. Unfortunately, my family didn't come because my one of my nieces got sick, so they stayed back, but my friends visited me, so I'm excited. I'm actually going to see them after this. Nice. It's all good over here. Awesome. Gianni, I had a friend visit this week as well. Um, she's driving my friend, one of my former colleagues, good friend from New York. She was in during the pandemic. She was in Florida with her parents. So she drove. She's driving back to New York 
stopped in DC on Thursday. So I hung out with her wow. and my sister. And that's kind of been my first like non-DC hangout, if you will. I was a little nervous. Yeah. How did you feel? How did you feel hanging out? I I felt like I talked to her yesterday. Like we just fall in line like that. So nice. it was fun. All right, remind people where and when they can watch you on TLS Unscripted. You can watch me and Olivia E. on Unscripted Fridays at 630 on Instagram. All right. All right. right. Great. Let's get started with a quick fire question. Right, in a viral video this week, a young black man walking down a public sidewalk in South Carolina was seen being berated and told to leave by Army Sergeant Jonathan Pentland. The young man stayed pretty calm, but what if this had been you, Robbie? Oh man, like that's that's a big dude. I, I can choose my battles. It's, I'd walk. You'd walk. Gianni? <laughs> No, I would have to fight him. I'm sorry. You'd be torn on both. Right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Lizzie? Touch these hands. Touch <laughs> these hands. Don't I knew it. Period. Period. I, you know, I know I would have wanted to slap the shit out of him, but uh, I think the young man did exactly the right thing given his situation. That's my thought. The most, the most important thing is to make it out alive and, and then try to deal mm. with the bullshit later. So. Yeah. See, I'm like you, Neil. I would have wanted to slap the shit out of him, but, you know, I've learned to pick my battles over time. I don't have time for that kind of aggression in my life anymore. <laughs> well, let me show record the Record and show record and report, right? Let me show our audience. Go away. Well, right now. Go away. Hey, they've already been called. Walk away. You got this one coming. I didn't hit you. There's a difference between pushing you. You're aggressive on the neighborhood. Someone came running. You better walk away. You walk away. You talking to my wife right now? That's your wife. I didn't walk away. You can walk away, or I'm gonna carry your ass out of here. What do you want to do? Or what? What are you gonna do? You up on me? Let's go. Walk away. I didn't do anything. I'm about to do something to you. You better start walking. I do anything. You better start walking right now. You come at me like that. I ain't coming after you. You're in the wrong neighborhood, motherfucker. Get out. I live here, sir. Maybe we should walk you home. Walk me home? I live here, sir. You're harassing the neighborhood. I'm not harassing anyone walking through the neighborhood I live in, sir. Where? We are a tight-knit community. Okay. We How take care of each other. I have never seen you before in my life. Get out of my face. You walked up to me. Check it out, motherfucker. You either get your ass moving or I'm going to move you. You smell drunk. I'm going oh to God. show you what I, I can do. Oh, my God. We would be fighting. I don't care if I lose. Like, I'm sorry. We'd <laughs> be fighting. I'm sorry. No. I think on both sides care. of the equation, we say I would step back, and, and you know, because we weren't there. So on both sides, we can say on the outside looking in, we would step back or we would not step back and we would react to someone who's in our face and physically attacking us. I've been in a situation where I thought I had the bigger head. I thought that I was more mature, but then someone said, and she wasn't physical initially, but she said something very racist to me and I lost it. Okay. So there are times where your emotions take over. And I have to tell you that knowing Liz E, knowing Elizabeth Eleanor Newman, if someone puts <laughs> their hand on me, the way that army sergeant or whatever his rank is, 
pushed and shoved that young man, I'm going into attack mode. I'm not seeing how big he is. I'm going into, I'm defending myself. And if, Rob, let me just tell you, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. The harder they fall. Go low. Go low. (laughs) Real quick, I'll note, we okay. don't have the, the full name of the black man in the video because the police have not just released DeAndre. I don't think we really got his full name. They just referred to him as DeAndre. Yeah, we, because uh, they haven't released his information saying he's a minor. So also, there's, a, mm. there's not a lot of information on exactly what Pentland's motive was for running out into the streets after the, the child in the first place. With no acting yeah. a fool. All, all we really have is a three-minute video and the verbal back and forth, which makes it seem completely unwarranted. So it's not the whole story. It, it's like, mm. what is, what's the problem? Um, other than just, uh, the wife suggesting that you were the aggressor, which doesn't make any sense given the, um, the scene. Also, Pentland was arrested cool. and Black Lives Matter showed up in front of Pentland's house for protest. Oh. Eventually, the Pentlands were actually forced to move out of their home and the block oh, really? had to be shut down by police. I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> because they were just so scared. I mean, they was just black. They they took over the whole block, the whole block. Holy! <laughs> Pitlin, right. I don't live here. I don't live here. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> All right. If you've never been to TLS before, let me tell you a bit about us. Our hosts and guests share their truths and opinions with you, call out those lies, and point out any ridiculous shenanigans going on. And on our show, we always try to have some fun with some shenanigans of our own. The show streams live just about everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, even TikTok and Instagram. Find us quickly at TLS Show or search at TLS Show, uh, at TLS Live Show. And you can listen to the Truth Live Shenanigans podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. All right. It's time for one of our funnest monthly segments. Movie time. Welcome back, Micah, <laughs> from the Black on Black Cinema Podcast and the Nerd Apocalypse <laughs> Podcast. Good to have you back, buddy. Hey, Micah. All right, I'll get, I'll get his voice up. That's my fault, as usual. Okay. <laughs> as okay. usual. Shenanigans. I- <laughs> 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 Make you disappear. Great timing. That was perfect. <laughs> oh, that, that's going to be produced as a short clip. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> Shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> like a magic word. Should be our opening. <laughs> Welcome back, Micah. Welcome back. Thank you, Glad, Happy to have you as always. All right, let's get right into it. We've got a couple of great movies to talk about today. Uh, first up, we have Concrete Cowboy. All right, sent to live with his estranged father for the summer, a rebellious teen finds kinship in a tight-knit Philadelphia community of black cowboys. After another incident in school, a 15-year-old Cole, played by Caleb McLaughlin, is taken to live with his estranged father, Harp played by Idris Elba in North Philadelphia. There he discovers the city's vibrant urban cowboy subculture, which has existed for more than 100 years, providing a safe haven uh, for the neighborhood, despite the surrounding poverty, violence, and encroachment of gentrification. Did we lose Micah again? 
All right, Michael. So we all checked out this movie. Let's start out with you and get your thoughts on the movie. What were your thoughts? So, um, I I I think that this is a pretty bog standard coming of age story set in a very unique environment, and I feel like as as a coming of age story, it's fine. It, it you know it hits the it hits the beach it's supposed to hit. It's got the metaphors that it's supposed to have, like oh, this troubled child, and uh, oh, he, but he, he's, he, he's befriended by the the troubled horse, right? Like it's it, the, only the two of them can get together, you know. It's 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 standard, right? Yep. But it's set in such a unique uh, location and environment that I feel like I kind of want to see a documentary of these urban cowboys a little mm-hmm. more. than the the actual story that was here um you know the visuals are striking right you see these you see these these not just these black cowboys right because it's that's that's one thing that you generally don't see uh uh, it's black cowboys but black cowboys in an urban environment um yeah it was it was was a solid movie Uh, you know if you want to watch it I, i i i recommend that you watch it but um but i feel like it it'll make you want to investigate the lives of these urban cowboys more yeah yeah uh let's start let's go with robbie what what do you think what are your thoughts it's funny that you should say that micah because as we were watching the movie my wife and i were like jace like is is this a real thing like i didn't see based on true events or anything and then to come and find out that this is a real lifestyle that this is based off of real people and at the end of the film, when they're actually interviewing some of the cast members who are some of these cowboys and, and the performances that they got out of these regular folk were fantastic. I mean, it seemed very authentic and genuine because it was. And like you said, as far as a coming of age story goes, it was pretty standard. And I mean, it hits you in the feels when it's supposed to. It, uh, it really hits on that conflict between a father and a son and i'm gonna let neo talk about that uh, a little bit uh, more because we talked pre-show but yeah like i'm with you i want to see documentaries on these cowboys their evolution it's where they were where you know where are they going to because it was absolutely fascinating yeah yeah that's johnny what are your thoughts i feel like to be honest, I had to watch it twice because the first time I fell asleep through it, only because it kind of, it's a sleepy, like it's a, I don't know, it's a, it's a slow, is it called like a, a slow burn? burn? I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Was, it's a slow burn. Notes. You took my notes. <laughs> yeah. Definitely a slow burn. But the acting was amazing. I think those young men did a good job. Of course, he just did, he did good. He did his job. But I think that the acting was really what kind of kept me. Because I just liked how, I don't know, I like those sloppy stories where he's like connected to his animals. So it was just like when he, when, well, I won't give too much information, but um, a scenario in the movie where he kind of almost lost what he had, um, I just felt him. So I think that the, I forget his name, but he played in When They See Us with, yeah, yeah, Genero, I, I forgot his name, but. What is, what is it, Micah? Could you yes. Janeiro Jarrell. 
Oh, oh no. Jerome, oh, Jerome. 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 Sorry, Jerome. 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 Yeah, that's Smush. Yeah. Smush. Smush. I think that they did great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, that's my thought so far. I, I will say that it was interesting seeing that contrast of cowboys being in the hood or being, um, you know, in the, in the city. So it's interesting. Uh, and I would like to know more about it. All right. And Lizzie, what, what are your thoughts on it? I think this movie, even though it had fine ass Idris Elba, <laughs> my old my old decent partner, fine ass Method Man, um, I think this movie yeah, felt, he was. failed on so many levels. Oh wow, I'm surprised. One, I, I learned nothing about cow, the cowboy culture or history in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like it, like I think either I can't remember if it was Micah or Rob B who alluded to the fact that it almost seemed like fiction, that this was some made up story. There was no point of reference. There was no exploration of the history of cowboys in this city, how they came about, where they were and how they are, where they came to in present day. And so you're just sitting there confused, like, okay, are there really horses running up and down the streets in Philadelphia in 2021? Like it was, it was confusing. But even beyond that, I was particularly annoyed with the fact um, that the way the character of Cole was treated or mistreated or neglected or ignored. Like, there was no connection between him and his father, Harker, who was played by Idris Elba's character. Mm-hmm. Had his mother, who basically abandoned him in the middle of the night in front of his father's house, a father that he really didn't know that well, mm-hmm. a father who, when he came into the house, didn't interact with him, didn't talk to him, didn't try to figure out what his story was, yep. put him on the couch in the living room with the damn horse. This kid ain't- <laughs> Horses, and then when sleep, and then when Cole woke up the next morning, the father wasn't there. There was no breakfast. There was no good morning. There was no conversation. Nothing. Yeah. There was no actual real interaction with between Cole and the father. Yeah. Until the demise of the Smush character. <laughs> And so but at that point in the story, Liz, there was no pre-existing relationship with the father yeah, I think, and the son. The, he had I no idea how to be a father. He's, that's he's, my just, point. he's being a lone wolf. But that's, my point. but that's my point. There was no seeking. Because as, as Cole pointed out, he can be all these great things to all these other people. Mm-hmm. Everyone else revered him, thought that he was this great man or whatever. But when it came to his son, there was nothing and so that's what kind of got to me the most and so as a black woman who grew up with a mother like that because everyone in the church loved my mom but i never felt like my mom loved me and so as someone who grew up in a similar situation i was just like you know what we as a people have to start showing compassion to our youth to our loved ones the first time he touched the boy was when he was hugging him after the smush incident. So I was just like, okay, this is, it took me a while to get into it. Like, yeah, it was a, it was a good ending. It was a feel good ending. I just feel like there was a lot missed between the beginning until we got to the ending. Neil? 
Yeah, I was um, I was like you, very disappointed. I thought it was slow. I thought it was the movie was boring. I thought Idris Elba's character was, I think Idris Elba was underutilized drastically because there were very few actual lines for Idris. I mean, he was literally just a stoic character throughout the whole movie. Um, and then, like you said, there was no interactions. There was very little um, character development. Uh, the backstory of where they came from and what the, the people were about. The backstory on Cole, the child himself, was pretty much non-existent. And then we, we talked about Smush, but you know, like his character, that relationship, like came out of nowhere. I mean, you know, one minute, you know, he, he's just meeting Smush again for. You know, he knew him as a as a little kid in the neighborhood. The next minute, he's running corners with him, and then the next minute, he's you know <laughs> they talking about going wanna, off together. You know, going off. They want to get a together. ranch together. This relationship, how did it develop like this? <laughs> I thought they were a couple for a minute. <laughs> I did too. Horses. We never got because right. Cole was shocked yeah. that Smush rode, that Smush had this, you know, history of riding horses. But we never saw Cole being introduced into let me ride a horse. There was a young man in the wheelchair who taught him kind of about the care of horses. Mm -hmm. But there was no get up on a horse, this is how you do it. Well, there's, the there's one scene, there's one scene where the the animal metaphor for Cole is running wild, right? And, mm -hmm. and at that point is when you see Cole, you know, you have to, yeah, Lorraine Toussaint, who's a, a wonderful actress, Lorraine Toussaint tells, she was probably the best. Tells, well, I, yeah, I she, she's kid. amazing. Kid was great. She's amazing. No, Matthew, uh, <laughs> She, she tells she tells him you know no you you are the only one who can do this and then this is the I, I i agree it is a it is a slapdash way of doing it but i think they wanted to get the metaphor of the two you know wild creatures finding each other and and becoming one trying to and and that was his like it will it will be instinctive to you because you have this unspoken bond with this creature right. i i agree it's kind of a it's kind of a slapdash way of doing it it's kind of an artsy way yeah. of doing it like i'm a i'm a big fan of a montage like i, I don't mind a, i don't mind a montage you know what i mean but um but i i think that this movie is just kind of focusing on the wrong thing like i like i'm i'm way more interested in in the actual being an urban cowboy than yeah and that's what i thought it would be that's what i thought it would yeah. be yeah so and like you said and i tell my students this all the time like when you present something your audience should not have to walk away with questions and so the fact that I came into this thinking that I was going to get some education about urban cowboys, about black cowboys in Philadelphia, and I got none of that. And like Rob said, had to go look it up. It's like, okay, I could have done this without the movie. I could have wasted, you know, I, I wasted some time here, you know, except for the fact that I saw a fine ass method man. 
I mean, he, yeah, he 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 did work out. I mean, he did work out for this movie clearly. All right, yeah, he did. <laughs> let's get. <laughs> so, any final thoughts, Michael, on this movie? Um, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, it's I'm not. Okay, uh, I'm not. I'm not offended movie. by it. Yeah, I'm not offended by it. Like I said, if if you've seen one coming of age movie, you've seen them all. Um, but the thing, but the thing that I appreciated was it introducing this new concept to me and hopefully now someone will make a documentary about it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I did look them up. I did look up more information on them. I I would like to, because I've, I've heard about the history or heard about the, you know, the education that, you know, white cowboys were not the first cowboys. We're not the only cowboys, but I want to hear more about it. I want to hear more about it. That is interesting. All right, let's get on to our second movie, Promising Young Woman. Was it so promising? (laughs) All right. So a young woman traumatized by a tragic event in her past seeks out vengeance against those who cross her path. After a terrible crime involving her friend Nina, emotionally scarred medical student dropout Cassie, played by Carrie Mulligan, frequents the local bars and nightclubs pretending to be dead, drunk, utterly helpless, and vulnerable. She prowls for all sorts of male predators and other wolves in sheep's clothing. Then Ryan, an old classmate played by Bo Burnham, enters her life, and just like that, Cassie wants out. However, breaking those habits are easier said than done. So, Micah, start us off. What were your thoughts on this? Uh, This is uh, nominated for Best Picture. Guys, best this is nominated picture, for best, best actress, picture, best director. Like they got, they got five Oscar nominations. Wow! And uh, and I I enjoyed this movie. I just don't think it's one of the best eight films of the year. Um, but I did enjoy this movie. It, this is this is like I described it as uh, Kill Bill, but for date rape instead <laughs> of like murder. And uh, because it's a revenge tale, right? It's this it woman is. going out and and seeking vengeance um i enjoyed the movie um but uh, the ending is is just too contrived for me it is way too contrived uh you know it's a shocking ending but after the shock then all of these pieces just kind of fall into place and i'm just like all right i i I can't i don't i don't buy i don't buy all of that yeah Um, yeah i don't buy it yeah so, you know, all the way up until all the way up until the shocking moment and then you realize, oh, the shocking moment is for real. Then how how do you get how, how does this end? Right. Right. And instead of ending on a downer, which I think might have served the movie uh, a little better, they 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 create this they create this pseudo happy ending and it just doesn't. It doesn't jive with the rest of the movie. Um, I, like I said, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, uh, performances from everyone. I think it is a movie that men need to see, and they need to uh, try to look beyond just what they're seeing. Uh, you know, you need because this is still prevalent, right? Like, uh, uh, amazingly, uh, women being treated this way is still a thing, right. and 
I, and I think I think men need to see it, and I think they need to like see it and take a look inside themselves. Uh, but from a from an entertainment standpoint, all the way up until that 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 shocking moment, I was cool, and then it, uh, you know a bunch of contrivances happened, and I'm just like, oh, all right, that's that's weird. But I thought you're, you're, you just said that you were a fan of montages, and that's pretty much what the end was. It was just a montage of these elements <laughs> right. following the way they they, they shift. Pretty much. All right, Robbie, yeah. what are you thinking? Um, I agree with Micah that uh, this is a movie that people need to see. I'm not going to say that this is a movie that just men need to see because uh, we saw through Alison Bree's character that women can absolutely fail at being an ally. Uh, it can fail at mm -hmm. doing the right thing. And it's, this is a movie that doesn't make you feel good. This holds a very ugly mirror up to society. And what you see reflected back is pretty harsh because that's it. We've all witnessed situations where we should have, could have done something, but we didn't, we didn't I, for whatever our motives were at that time. And it, um, this movie really makes you reflect on those moments and really own it for what it is. And after watching it with my wife, we, um, we realized that one of the things that we need to practice a little bit more is Ho'oponopono. Um, please look into it. It's a wonderful philosophy. Thank you. I love you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me is what it breaks down to because it's, I'm not the person I was 20 years ago. I'm not the person I was five years ago. I'm not the person I was yesterday. I keep growing. And you're right. I mean, saying I'm a good guy. <laughs> can I, can I really say that anymore? Well, no, you know what? I try to do the right thing. I can say that about myself today. I try to do the right thing, but yeah, it is. It's a must watch. It really is. Yeah. Let's, let's go to Lizzie on this one. I don't think it's a must watch. Um, it was another <laughs> appointment for me. So I'm 0 for 2. I'm 0 for 2 this weekend in TLS at the movies. Um, this is a part of the revenge thriller genre, if you will. And one, on the revenge side, I honestly don't think that Cassie went hard enough or that the directors allowed us to see her go hard. Like the very first character, Jerry, at the beginning, um, that was just kind of ambiguous. Like we didn't know really what her revenge on him was. Um, like initially I thought, did she kill him? Or what did she do? And so then as the movie went on, you started to see that it was a lot, her revenge, was more about um, embarrassment and in your face. Mm -hmm. I yeah. wanted it to be more like Dexter, you know? Um, you know, <laughs> Dexter was like the revenge serial killer. Like that's what I was expecting. That would have been my emotion, if you will. But I agree with Michael that the ending, I'm just like, okay, this is a very Hollywood ending that leaves a lot to be desired um and so i i like so gianni said that she fell asleep during concrete cowboy i fell asleep twice during this and <laughs> okay oh where are we okay let me go back let me go back and i love carrie mulligan i think carrie <laughs> mulligan is an amazing actress um but i think she could have been utilized a bit differently and more powerfully 
in this role. I expected more. Like, if you're going to give me revenge thriller, give me revenge thriller. And even when uh, her her boyfriend, what was his name? Ryan? Ryan. Ryan. I mean, how many of you, in just the panel, how many of you were shocked about who Ryan turned out to be? No. When push comes to shove, I, I thought it was. I, I'm, I thought exactly I'm very was aware going. of who people are. I, I, I agree with Neil. I, I, I peeped it. Like I'm like, this is too good. Given what this story is, this right. is too good to be true. Like there's something, and then even in the end, he showed his true colors because when he was confronted by the police, do you know? But nope, I don't know who that is. I wasn't there. <laughs> Not me. Wasn't me. Yeah. Um, so I just Mr. Nice Guy exploited his way out. Yeah, yeah. Right. Now, the dumbass who got arrested at his wedding, like, <laughs> like, could you be any more? Like, he was just dumb, just dumb. Yeah. <laughs> Olivia says she was entrapping people. I don't, I don't, even the police can. I don't think believe. I don't believe even the police can do that anymore. Uh, Kevin well, Thaxton she... says seems like an updated version. Of I spit on your grave. Mm-hmm. Well. But even Olivia, as a as um just a regular citizen, we're not hold we're not held to the same standards as police. If I want to entrap somebody, I can entrap somebody. Yeah, it's up and to- sexual <laughs> sexual predators uh, aren't people. It's I it's mean, entrap you. them, find mess the with trap. them. Yeah, it's up to you not to fall into the trap. But yeah, I don't, I don't. We don't hold the same standards as law enforcement, not even a little bit. Johnny, what were your thoughts? When the movie began, I felt like it was, I was like, what am I getting into? It felt like Lin- like a Lindsay Lohan movie. Because it was just, I don't know, it was weird in the beginning. And then it started like, it started, it started to get it interesting. Even <laughs> No, not, not her. Just how the setup was. It was just very confessions of a teenage drama queen. But I think that um, despite what Liz says about it being she wanted more like kind of like hardcore revenge, I thought it was interesting. I thought you don't need like to be an assassin or to have supernatural powers to kind of like turn up on these men and like scare them. Like you saw how they were acting. They were terrified. It was it was funny for me. I I enjoyed that a lot because she just was playing them like she was just being, you know, a finesser. So. I like that. I like that aspect of it. But like you guys said, the ending was, it ruined everything for me. I was like, oh, this is disgusting. Like, it was just horrible. The ending is horrible. Like, bad. And then the, it, it felt like rushed. Mm-hmm. It felt like everything else until the ending was rushed and the ending was like, okay. Yeah. I hope you're happy with how it turned out. And it was, rushed, it was just, no, wrapped, not. Rushed and wrapped up perfectly. Yeah. Yeah, that's my problem is that, yeah, that's my problem. It wrapped up exactly the way that certain characters wanted it to wrap up. And I'm just, yeah, come on, man. (laughs) Come on. It was too clean. Yeah. I personally, I didn't, um, because I had heard your, I know you did this on Nerdpocalypse podcast. I, I listened to your podcast, Mike, and I heard your review on it. And I was disappointed. I was like, this is, mm-hmm. this is the best picture? Really? <laughs> yeah. 
Wow. I mean, I might you know, be the best think, actress because I thought she did a good job as an actress. Um, I, I think some role. of it, I think some of it with this being nominated for best picture, I think some of it is due to COVID and I okay. think some of it, and I think some of it is due to the culture in Hollywood. Um, Me too. And it's, it's an exactly. Movie. This is right. This is the quintessential post Me Too movie. And I think this is Hollywood kind of patting themselves on the back, like, hey, we realize, you know, that we're wrong sometimes. So we're going to nominate, we're going to acknowledge that by um, nominating this for best picture. And look, I'm not saying that to, I'm not saying that to, to disrespect the work done on this film, because uh, I enjoyed it. But, you know, it's, it's just how Hollywood does it sometimes, right? Like Denzel Washington won his won his Best Actor Oscar for a leading role for Training Day on the anniversary that Sidney Poitier won it. I like, come on, man! Like, it's just it's <laughs> just too. Oh, me, Micah. Right, like, 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 come on, man. Like, like the, all these other roles that he's done, but he gets it for you know playing a crooked cop, man. Like, I just, I, I, I in a performance that you know, pretty much standard Danzel, man. Like, he's he's overacting. King Kong ain't got down. Samuel L. Jackson could have played that same role. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So right. So that and and I say all that to say that, you know, no disrespect to this movie, but like best picture. I I I don't know. I don't know. I like that I like that this was kind of like an apology from the Academy, an apology, you know, from Hollywood. Because lest we forget. A couple of years ago, um, Casey Affleck won a an, an Oscar for Best Actor. Casey Affleck, who has been accused of sexual harassment, of sexual assault. So he got on the stage and accepted his Oscar with this cloud of Me Too and sexual assault. And the Oscars were mute on that. So mm -hmm. I think that goes into this, okay, my bad. So we're going to give, we're going to acknowledge that with this movie. We're going to acknowledge that with this Yeah. All right. Um, any final thoughts, Micah, on this movie? Um, I'll try to come up with some better options next time. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought they were good options because, I mean, I mean, were we, we, were thought, we were thinking about doing horse. King Kong, and I'm like, King Kong is kind of, you know, Boring no, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad we didn't. I'm not gonna. I mean, it was a yeah. good movie, but it, it had some good things to it. But anyway, we. <laughs> yeah, it is with it. it is with it. Not much. I know Lizzie can't speak on. Zip, <laughs> But no, they were good. I thought they were good choices given the time frame. I just, um, I think both of them are worth watching. Yeah, and it's it's uh, it's, yeah. it's Netflix. The yeah. latest movies, the latest buzz that you know better than lifetime you, in the in the black community, like all the sisters, you know, Idris is in a movie. Okay, let me watch it. Yeah, let me watch uh, it. Look, that's why my wife watched it. <laughs> 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 so yeah, no, I I'm not mad that you know I watched these movies and was asked to review them. Um, I just may not recommend them to other people. I wouldn't either. 
Mm-hmm. I, I mean, again, if you got nothing else to watch, go ahead and watch them. Um, I, I think I, for me, out of the two, mm-hmm. I probably I preferred Promising Young Woman. Um, yeah, you know. I did. Out of the two, I, that was the one I preferred. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess it makes sense. See? And I've been recommending it to people. These are movies that you should watch. <laughs> I just could go harder than Cassie yeah. if I'm getting my revenge on people. I would go away. I don't know, man. I she she would go all the way. She all ran a train way. through these people's lives. Like the big perpetrators, she ran oh, yeah. a train through their lives. So, I mean, but quick, remember, you know, quick death. Up. Quick death. This- sure, all right. There, there's something satisfying about that, but really I, fucking I up someone's life? Ooh. I didn't say quick yeah. easy death. I didn't say quick. Yeah, no. I I imagine I imagine that Liz would have you know how Dexter has the blood slides. I imagine that you would have some trophies oh of you know an appendage or two in a drawer somewhere. Like oh yeah, I remember this one. I remember Real this guy. You can you can rebound very quickly. <laughs> You could very well you would do well. I mean, so yeah, oh my god, got a little pain up in there, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, you just scared him a bit. That's Michael. You shook him up. <laughs> All right, Michael. Why don't you tell everyone where they can find you on uh, Black on Black uh, Cinema? Or you can go to Black on Black Cinema. You can go to blackonblackcinema.com uh, to take you to the Black on Black Cinema uh, podcast page. And you can go to thenerdpocalypse.com. Uh, click on podcast and you will see all of the podcasts uh, that uh, that this company does. Yeah. So and our very you. own Rocky was a nerd on Nerdpocalypse. So, yes, please go and check that out. Definitely please check it Yes. <laughs> Yeah, check that. What episode was that? Do, do you have an episode number? That was four sixty. Uh, was it four sixty? I am going to say it's four sixty. Yes, it was four sixty. Four sixty. Okay. So check out episode four sixty. Nerd Apocalypse. See our own Robbie Rock joining the Nerd Apocalypse podcast. All right. Well, thank you again, Micah. We will see you in about another month. See you next month. All right, guys. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you Micah. Micah. Thank you. See ya. See you, Micah. All right, all right. So, Micah did pretty good. Micah did pretty good. All right, it's time for more of a nerd after being on Nerd Apocalypse. Like, you feel like more of a nerd? Yeah, validation. No, I I just just felt like I found more of my kin. That's all. All right. Yeah, your soul group. (laughs) See, I consider myself a nerd, but I think I I'm a different genre of nerd. Like, I'm not. I I think I'm a different. I'm just trying to say, I'm not like you, Rob. I'm not like you. No, but hey, that's not about <laughs> I'm not like you. You, you can be a nerd <laughs> in your niche. I, I own Absolutely. nerd. <laughs> yeah. Hey, as much as you try to make me like Rob and you, whitewashing you. Me, a you a different kind of nerd. You a different kind of nerd. You the light skinned nerd. <laughs> I'm the dark skinned nerd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a I'm not a techie nerd. I'm I not a nerd. I'm not yeah. I'm a different type of nerd. But I appreciate you're, all you're nerds. You're a book nerd. A I'm learning a book nerd. I'm yeah. a philosopher. Um that's not to say that you guys aren't. It's just I'm not a nerd in your ballpark. Like I could not <laughs> I have 
I'm a different level of nerdiness. (laughs) Where you guys are, I am dumb when it comes. (laughs) Um, trust me, trust me. All right, no, you are not. All right, let's get on to our hot topics. Truth, lies, shenanigans. All right, the way it works, our hosts bring you hot topics they want to share. We'll ask, "Is this truth, lies, or shenanigans?" And our panel will talk about it for a bit until time is up. Then we'll go to our audience for questions and comments. Make sure you're commenting any of your comment in any of our threads. We are listening. So, Rob B., you have a story for us. Feel good story. Is this truth, lies, or shenanigans? This is some really cool truth. Uh, Dan Price of Gravity Payments uh, is someone that we really, that I really want to showcase. And just to, I need to do a quick history lesson. So Dan and his brother Lucas in 2004 founded a company called Gravity Payments. So they're a credit card processing financial services company. They help facilitate a lot of online transactions. Um, in 2013, Dan increased the pay salary for all the employees earning less than $100,000 a year by 20% in response to the lapse in the Middle Class Tax Relief and Job Creation Act of 2012. As a result of this, he had a big falling out with his brother, and and Lucas ended up leaving the company. Dan Price rose to national prominence in 2015 when he announced that he would begin minimum wage pay of all of his employees starting at $70,000 a year, paying them living wage, which is just an amazing thing. Now, in order to offset those pay increases in salary, he himself had to take a pay reduction as CEO. So instead of being a seven-digit CEO, he took the pay cut to $70,000 a year, just like his people, which is just amazing in my opinion. Wasn't a popular move though. Uh, Rush Limbaugh denounced him as a socialist and he was ridiculed for his ideas because this really goes against the status quo. Um, But six years later, this, is a company that has grown its client base, it's expanded, and the Harvard Business School and Inc. Magazine consider this experiment to be a complete success. So some of the benefits that they have reaped now, their revenue has tripled, their headcount has grown by 70%, their customer base has doubled, Uh, babies had staff at a rate that was higher than the average, people (laughs) were buying homes, People were investing in 401ks, turnover dropped in half. And the biggest thing for me is that when the pandemic hit, their, they saw that their revenues dropped by half. So what happened was the staff volunteered to take a pay cut in lieu of having layoffs. And now that the company has weathered the storm, they have started to pay everyone back and they're handing out more raises. So my question is, is this socialism or equal wealth distribution within a corporate structure? And seeing what was done by Mr. Price, would you run your company in this manner? Let's start with, uh, let's start with Lizzie on this one. I think this is what we sell people, this model, this idea, is what we sell people as the American dream, where employees will work and be paid for their work and be protected. Um, This is something that we should all aspire to. This is something we should all be proud of. Um, I, I, I mean, I wish, listen, 
Howard University ain't paying a lot of money, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> so, which is why I have all of these side projects. But think about Gianni Storm. Gianni Storm is still a college student in Atlanta. And I'm not sure what the, off the top of my head, I'm not sure what the um, minimum wage rate is in Atlanta or what the job market pay rate would be for Gianni Storm. But it could be very daunting to be in college for four years, mm -hmm. have all of that, you know, student loan debt or however you paid for college, and you're expecting to come out of college and get a job that pays you a livable wage and allows you to live and you don't get that. And, you know, Robbie and I talked about this pre-show, you know, Seattle, the city of Seattle is one of the most um, expensive, high cost of living cities in the country. And so to have a CEO recognize that and say, I need to make, make adjustments. I'm not just about profit. I want my employees to be able to live. And we're not talking about exorbitant living. We're not talking about bling blinging. We're talking about just being able to live you know, to own property, to pay bills, to have groceries, to have transportation. And you can't do that on $7.25 an hour. You can't do, can't really do that. The proposed, so the current federal minimum wage is $7.25 an hour. The proposed is $15 an hour. $15 an hour isn't even a lot of money. I'm curious, what is it in, uh, in Canada, Robbie? Um, in Ontario, if I'm not mistaken, the minimum wage is now $15 an hour, but that is province by province. Okay. Like, I mean, depending on, like, if you live in New York City, so in New York City, the minimum wage, just New York City, not the state of New York, but New York City, the minimum wage is $15 an hour, but you were taxed so heavily in New York City, you're still brought back down to roughly eight, nine, $10 an hour. Um, and so to have a CEO who is thinking about how his employees live, I applaud him. And I wish, I wish that more companies were in this, com in this country were in tune with him. Because like Robbie said, like this is the CEO, he took a huge pay cut. So he went down to 70,000, maybe a little over 70,000 a year, just like he was proposing for his employees. He went down from making upwards of a million dollars and more a year. We have CEOs in this country who are getting buyout packages that are $50 million mm -hmm. while their employees are making next to nothing. So yeah, I, I, I applaud this 100%. And props to him because he's showing that this model is profitable. It's doable if we all put in the work. Johnny? Yeah, I agree. Um, just following what Liz said about the model, be, model being profitable. I think that, um, of course, it may take some time for, for people to actually see, you know, some type of success and profit from it, but it's, 100% worth it because as you noticed, even the employees who volunteered, who's doing that at their, I'm, I'm not doing that at McDonald's if I worked, you know what I mean? I'm not doing that for them, I'm not volunteering anything. <laughs> so 
So it tells you that the loyalty is there because they care. So I think that this is a beautiful model for what a lot of big businesses should aspire to be, small businesses. Um, it's like a, it's a team effort. It's it's a, definitely a team effort. And I respect him. And I think it's um, courageous, definitely, especially in the, in the face of it, like people being against him. I think it's very brave. And I think it's also humble of him. So I respect it very much. Yeah. Quick question before we get to Neil. Do we know where his brother is now? The brother who didn't agree with this model? Do we know where I he is I don't know where. Now? I don't know where Lucas ended up, but because of the model and the profits that they've been able to turn over, they actually opened an office in Boise also. They've opened another office and they're instating the 70K salary there as well. Wow. I'm going to have to move to Boise, Seattle. I'm going to Boise. <laughs> I love the whole idea of the minimum wage of 70000 I mean, it's hard, you know, I, I don't know. It's hard to do with small businesses, obviously, to be able to do something like that because <laughs> but I like not, I like that yeah. model. The fact that you know you're able to get your employees to buy in on something is the key. I mean that that's the key takeaway. You know, you go through a hard time, a rough time like a pandemic, a global pandemic, and everything goes to shit all of a sudden. You know, are your employees going to stick with you? You know, most employees are not. You know, most employees are like, hey, you know, what? I need to make money. I need to do this. I need to do that. But it goes to show that if you take care of others, you take care of your employees, um, that comes back to you. You know, I've worked some places that I loved working. I've worked some places I hated working. And the places I loved working, I was always willing to take a little bit less pay. I was always willing to take a little bit less, uh, you know, because it may have been less stressful or whatever. So I was always a balance um, that I was looking at. And it always played a, a big role of, like, what kind of supervisors do I have? What kind of people am I working with? Mm -hmm. Do they care about me? All those things go through my mind. And you're always waiting, you know, which ones are more important. Money's important, sure. But when money becomes more important than, you know, the individuals, then that's not the place I want to be. That's not the place I'm willing to go all out for. Um, so, yeah, I I think he had the right idea, and it, it's it, he's showing that, you know, he he's reaping the benefits from his his idea. What are your thoughts, Rob? And let's put out there that he did struggle initially. Like this wasn't an over this <laughs> idea did. wasn't an overnight success. Right. He did struggle initially, but the sacrifice on both his part and his employees' part now has you know paid off. It, it, it's paid off. What were your thoughts? Worth it. I'd, uh, thank you so much for your thoughts uh, on this. And people need to be sharing this story to other leaders of the industry so that they realize that, you know, paying people an honest living wage has tangible long-term benefits. I know that I worked for uh, Staples Business Depot for years, and I was just barely skirting the poverty line with a full-time job. Meanwhile, the CEOs were just making money hand over fist. And even now yeah. the staple CEOs, you know, somewhere in $15 million and the employees don't even have a basic benefit package. I know that they're looking at making changes and unionizing, but come on, like it, enough is enough. We, you know, we watch shows like hoarders and we admonish the behavior go, oh my God, how can somebody actually live like this? 
But at the end of the day, these greedy CEOs are hoarding money. It's a hoarding. <laughs> and it, it doesn't make you, it's true. It doesn't make you a success. What it does sure. is it takes all of this money out of the equation and out of, out of our pockets. We no longer have access to it because the fat cat is enriching themselves. So if you, I'm a socialist at heart. I really, really <laughs> am. So this model really hit home with me. And I wish that, I hope that people will be inspired by it because enough is enough. You don't need a huge mansion, a, f a huge yacht. You don't need a garage or a warehouse filled with performance cars. You need an adequate living wage so that you and your family can be comfortable. And you owe it to your employees as well. And the, re the results are there. And to have that kind of loyalty from your staff because you treat them well, invaluable. And he makes profits on the back end. You know, he doesn't need a huge salary. He can make whatever profits or, you know, if, if his company does extremely well, then his stock options do very well. Yep. So he can make, he can still be wealthy um, while, you know, he's still taking care of his employees. I mean, he doesn't. I mean, I'm not, not going to let someone. These capitalist societies, we, we, we think wealth is all about this. You can still have both. You can treat your employees well and still be wealthy yourself. I mean, I need is need is a relative term. Um, so I I I understand what you guys are saying, but there may be in some respects where I I should have a mansion. Mm -hmm. I should have a yacht, but not at the expense of my employees. And so I think Amazon is a good model right now because you have Jeff Bezos who is worth what at this point 60 70 billion dollars and i could be i, I think I'm okay when i'm saying he's that. officially the wealthiest man in the world right now right this week so. yeah. this week it could be someone <laughs> it could be next week but think about all of the um lawsuits and the the what his employees are saying about how they're not being paid about the conditions that they're working under like mm -hmm. do you really how does that how does that e equate to you being someone who's worth billions and billions of dollars and you can't pay your workers a livable wage they're working under extreme conditions where they are mm -hmm. not able to make it from point a to point b like that that's not what i'm talking about like i want to be living where i do have my yacht I do have my, you know, properties elsewhere, but also that my lip, my workers are living well. Like I'm of the, that's yes. all. You can do both. I'll do well. Yeah, you can do both. Mm -hmm. Let's all do this. Let's all do this. Let me get to these comments online real quick. So we got uh, Matt Davis says, I love this topic, Rob. Um, Matt Davis. George Fournier, it's definitely a good, feel good story, but an anomaly in a capitalist society. It is mm -hmm. an anomaly. It, it is. 70, and that's the problem. $70,000. $70, this is Kevin Thaxton. $70,000 makes for a better economy, less of a need for long term government assistance. Very true. Mm. Yeah. Um, what is $70,000 monthly? Let me see. It's a, it, it depends on the state also with the taxes. Yeah. Um, it's just states. under six grand a month, Johnny. Oh, yeah, that would definitely do. See, eyebrows went up. She's like, yeah, I, I could get by on that. I could maybe buy some weed. Yeah, I could get by. Six grand a month in New York City, unfortunately, is nothing. 
it, it depends on the yeah no yeah in yeah in Georgia in Atlanta it's probably great money <laughs> mm-hmm. up here <laughs> yeah the houses out here are not that sure expensive but in, they're gorgeous Sudbury Ontario but you go to DC and New York you're, you're barely surviving <laughs> yeah, yeah so it's not a metropolitan hub or Los Angeles yeah. Y'all don't yep. want to know what I pay monthly on my little paltry salary from <laughs> like when it's not all socialism, but simply good leadership. Totally agree with all those. Yeah, all right. yeah, yeah, I agree. All right, I do want to try to get a couple of minutes in on Gianni's story, so let's see if we can do mm-hmm. that. Lies, shenanigans. All right, Gianni, you wanted to talk about the spy community saying the world is effed up. Is this truth, lies, or shenanigans? I don't know, you guys have to decide if these are truths or lies to you. So every four years, um, the American intelligence agencies put out global trends, uh, this kind of book or synopsis, it's an assessment actually, sorry, of where the world seems to be heading over the next two decades. In 2008, for example, the report warned about the potential emergence of a pandemic originating in East Asian in East Asia and spreading rapidly around the world. The world envisioned in the 144-page report titled A More Contested World mentioned a changing climate, aging populations, disease, financial crises, and technologies that divide more than they unite. So the latest report from last week finds that the pandemic um, has proved to be the most significant singular global disruption since World War II. Uh, the gap between the challenges and the institutions meant to deal with them continues to grow. So a solution mentioned by experts is to have a driving force to compel agencies to engage in longer-term planning, and in other words, to anticipate rather than to react. So my question to the panel is, this is a pretty like sad report. Do you think any happiness will come from this or do you do you not necessarily agree with them with the with the intelligence agency let's go around real quick robbie um i it, it's a bleak report but i'm on board with what they're saying uh, echo chambers are being created by social media like-minded people can find one another whether these are environmentalists or people who have a political agenda that they want to push we're dealing with resource scarcity, competition for land and water as we poison our water supplies slowly but surely. There's a lack of international gov- governance and an ability to work globally together. This contributes to an ideology war, technology war, economic wars uh, between China and the Western world. You're going to see more competition. Social inequity continues to strain our governments and peoples because of the growing mismatch between what we need and what the government can and will deliver. So I think that these reports are very well founded in fact, and they are very adept at projecting what's going to happen based on how many decades of data. And also the AI that, that they can use to help extrapolate and predict, it's powerful, it works. Lizzie? Yeah, I mean, just, you know, harken back to what we just talked about 30 minutes ago, 30 seconds ago, 60 seconds ago. We're talking about a U.S. government that has not implemented 
a livable wage for its citizens. So absolutely, like, you know, this report is accurate. It should be taken into consideration. Um, I'm not surprised by any of it, but I, do I think that, you know, the powers that be really care in certain respects? No, I think it's going to be the responsibility of the people to make sure that we, you know, overcome these hurdles, to make sure that we demand what we need to live in this country, to live on this planet. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, again, we have a government where in the United States, the federal minimum wage is $7.25. So yeah, with that in mind, the future is bleak. Who's living off of that? So mm -hmm. this does not surprise me at all. Um, I, if I order something from DoorDash, once the show is over, it's, I guarantee you it's going to be more than $7.25. You had to work a whole hour yeah. to eat your meal. Exactly. Hour, <laughs> more than hour. three hours. Oh, so, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah, I, Gianni, I, I think that um, it does suggest that the future is bleak and that in some respects, the future is only, the success of the future is only available to or cares caters to a certain segment of our population worldwide because we're not just talking about the united states canada western world countries there are there's a whole world outside of where we live that's living even beyond or lower than 725 an hour there are a lot of poor people on this planet who, even though we, you know, talk about our struggles here, their struggles there are just, you know, beyond that. So yeah, I I, I buy into this um, report 100%, I believe it. But the question is, are the powers that be looking at this? Do they care? Are they paying attention to this? Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, none of it was a surprise to me. I think we've all been hearing it. It's just, they're basically just been putting it into a report that um, it's coming from a group, an agency that has some clout. So, but I mean, it's 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 all all the information's been out there that the world is not going in the right direction, um, and we're seeing that. I mean, we're seeing the results of that. Um, you know, global pandemics. You know, people not eating. Uh, you know, it's the climate's changing. Or even education, or even education. Think, think about how much it costs to get an education in the United States. Yeah, I think Olivia said something oh, earlier yeah. in the last one that she, she had a hundred thousand dollar, a hundred thousand dollar in debt. Student loan debt, but uh, from school loans, listen, but she couldn't listen, certainly I, find a hundred thousand dollar job. I, right? I have three degrees. Okay, I have two undergrad degrees and I have a master's. Um. I, unbeknownst to me at the time, I paid off my student loans when I was still at Sports Illustrated. I had it, the, the payment every month extracted from my paycheck. And so money like that, you just, it doesn't occur to you. It's like, okay, it's already, what you get on your paycheck includes the extraction. So I never saw that. So when I got the notice um, 18 years later, that I had finally paid off my student loans. 
I cried a thousand tears. Twenty because years. I it was it was something that I just wow. never I just assumed that this was always gonna be a debt for me. And it was a lot of money. Like there was a lot of money coming out of my paycheck to pay for, wow. you know, undergrad and graduate school. And now I'm thinking about a PhD. Like it's it's a lot, it's a burden on a lot of people just to get educated. Just to get educated. All right. Uh, solutions to all these problems cure narcissism. That's from Jeanette Brown. <laughs> Abolish capitalism. Uh, she also <laughs> says she has a thousand left to go. Um, Kevin Thaxon, once we have a working warp drive engine, things will get better. <laughs> uh, or, you know, once we start paying, you know, teachers and people who you know, our everyday workers more than we pay CEOs, more than we pay people, drug dealers, more than we pay ladies of the night, <laughs> then we may be able to, you know, get to an equilibrium. There's men of the night okay. too. I'm sorry, <laughs> the men and you're absolutely right, Neil. Men and women of the night. <laughs> All right, Jacqueline Robinson says, there was a time when state universities covered the bulk of in-state students' tuition. Uh, even preschools are frightfully expensive for parents. That's true. Yes. Yeah, that yes. too. That's bad. Yeah. Daycare. No joke in 2021. Like, oh my God, it's crazy. All right. it's Everything. Crazy. I don't know what the, what the pr protocol is in Canada, Rob, but in the these United States, Preschool has become like the thing, the uh -huh. thing. It, preschool, daycare, Montessori schools. It's, but I know that just for daycare, daycare is a huge challenge uh, here because yeah. I, I know a lot of students, a lot of people who are just working. And when you have a kid in daycare, man, that's a huge expense. And if your kid's not yeah. going to daycare, you're still paying for your kid to go to daycare because you don't want to give up that spot. So you're, yeah. I've, I've heard of people paying for like two months of these daycare costs because they need that person available to them when they need that childcare. So it's just, wow. yeah. Very quickly, Rob, a lot of people have to do interviews. Their kids have to go to on yep. interviews just to get preschool. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's All crazy. Right. We did have some pre-show technical difficulties. I'm hoping the game show is working just fine, but we'll see. We'll make it. <laughs> I win. I win. All right. So it looks like we're working okay. Yep, we're good. All right. All right. So we're good. We're good. All right. So the way we're playing, we are playing black movie trivia the way it works i will read off the multiple choice que the questions and then the re the multiple choice answers and uh if you get it right you get a point person with the most points wins and gets the final thought for the show i'm not giving this one to lizzie <laughs> you never anything. what are you talking about <laughs> so this first question which girl was kicked out of the dreams in Dreamgirls. Was it Dina, Laurel, Effie, or Michelle? This is Gianni Storm. 
Um, I think it was Effie. That is correct. Effie, Effie. All right. All right. Now we're going to Robbie Rock. <laughs> what was Mookie's job in Do the Right Thing? Was it Pizza Delivery Boy, Clothing Store Sales Associate, Pool Cleaning, or Taxi Driver? Um, Pizza? You said that very confidently. That was very good. That is actually it was a, correct. It was a question. <laughs> I just looked at. Thank you for for providing the image that gave me some context. <laughs> but it was a cheater, extra hard question for Lindsay. This, is, this isn't that hard. This isn't that hard. You'll be okay with this. One. All right, you should oh, yeah, be able to get this. I'm sure you've seen Girls Trip. So in Girls Trip, what fruit did Dina use to give her friends sex advice? Was it an orange, an apple, grapefruit, or watermelon? You didn't see Girls Trip? How could you not see Girls Trip? I actually don't remember that part at all. Thank you. I'm just like, first of all, she was the least captivating character in Girls Trip. Okay. <laughs> I, I, don't, I, I would give you some, uh, some, some hints, but I'm going to let you go and try to figure it out. I'm going to say grapefruit. <laughs> that is correct. That, that makes the most. Yes, he was showing uh, <laughs> what a vagina should look like. <laughs> my vagina does not look like a grapefruit, y'all. My vagina does not look like a grapefruit. <laughs> All right. This is for Gianni Storm. This might be a tough one if you haven't seen it, Gianni. Quincy's father from Love and Basketball played for which NBA team? The father. Was it the New York Knicks? This Los is Angeles a Clippers, Chicago is, Bulls. You know. Neo, Los Angeles Lakers. I remember um, all of your free and get your engagement pictures. Oh yes, my love and ba I, oh man, I should pull exactly. one up. You know, if I was producing exactly. the show, I just pull one up right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've watched Love and Basketball before. It's it's an iconic movie, but I don't remember this. So let me guess. <laughs> the I don't even remember Quincy's father from Love I don't either. Yeah. Wait, I, can I, I have I don't a... know the answer actually. This one I don't know. Oh, okay. So let me say oh, no, New, York, New York Knicks. Let's go with New York Knicks. That is incorrect. Incorrect. It was the LA Clippers. LA Clippers. Okay, so lost the point. All right. This is for Rob B. In Get Out, what was the name of the other world state? Black people were trapped in when their bodies are taken over. Is it the tethered place, the sunken place, the broken place, or the infinite place? Think Kanye. Think Kanye. I, I, well, okay, the broken place. <laughs> the broken place. So you didn't see Get Out? Oh man, Robbie, no, you're gonna, I, you're gonna have to get you. I'm not. Out. I'm not big on psychological thrillers. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay. Oh my People God. that mess with your head. Ah, yeah, that's Get just dark, a, man. Yeah, a new class. Yeah. All right. So the that broken place. Crazy. That is incorrect. It's the sunken yeah. place. Sunken place. Like, we always. So here in America, we always refer to Kanye now as being in the sunken place. Sunken place with, mm. with the Kardashians. All right. And to me. Kanye's just broken, so I, I, <laughs> I should have switched. I should have traded one of these for uh, Lizzie, but this is it should be an easy one, Lizzie. I hope. At the end of the First best man, 
Harper at the end of the best man, Harper proposes to who? Is it Shelby, so, Jordan, Robin, all, or Maya? All, this question is incorrect. It's Harper proposes to whom? <laughs> um, <laughs> just so we're clear. Um, wait, we don't see the we don't see the names. Was it Shelby, Robin. Jordan, Robin. Robin, or Mia? Robin. That is correct. That is correct. All right, final round. Dr final dramatically, round. Liz, to whom did Harper propose? Never end with the position. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Or the right. French kid. Great movie. Great movie, you guys. Better than the better watch the first best man. Don't watch the second. Watch the first best man. Don't watch the second. Yeah. I, I, I like I all of them, actually. I like all of them. The, the third, the last one wasn't that great. Like all. all right. So oh, yeah, the last. Gianni. I like both of them. Sorry. There's only been two. No. The Christmas one. I thought there was three. There's three. No, there's only been two. One there's and two. Three. There's Best Man, there's a Christmas one, and then there's the one that just came out. I've seen all three. Just came out when? <gasps> a couple oh. years ago, no? That was the Christmas one. No, there's a third oh. one. All right, show it to me. We gotta look. Right. We gotta I'll, look I'll, hold on. Okay, so in Moonlight, what was Sharon's nickname when he was a child? Did you see Moonlight, Gianni? Thank you. I've seen it once. Right. I don't know the answer to this. I've seen it too. In Moonlight, what was Sharon's nickname when he was a child? Was it Black, Chichi, Buddy, or Little? Um, I'm just going to go with the black. Black. That is incorrect. She's a little. Mm. I, 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 I haven't seen Moonlight. I would not have gotten this, Johnny. So good, good guess. <laughs> good guess. All right. All right. Sorry, Johnny. So you are completely out now. All right, Robbie. Yeah. Try to... Tie it up. If not, Lizzie wins the game. Where were Lucky and Justice taking a road trip to in Poetic Justice? <laughs> were they going to San Diego, Boston, Chicago, or Oakland? Come on, Rob. San Diego. San Diego. Let's see. That is Oakland. incorrect. Oh, incorrect. That means Lizzie is the winner of our game. Oh, yeah. Good job, Lizzie. Yeah. The other character could have been confusing because his name was Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> All right, that was a fun one. That was fun. That was a good game. Good job. Yeah, like Bye, Robbie. Next time, let's get some shout-outs in. All right, so let's start out with Johnny Storm. Um, Shout-out to my aunt and my cousin. I hope to still see you this month. And thank you for trying to come back. Um, I mean, to come, trying to come see me. I, I love you. See you guys soon. All right, Robbie Rock. 
Um, shout out to my fellow Ontarians. I know that uh, we have just been recipients of a six-week stay-at-home order because the COVID vaccine rollouts are not going as well as they should. Um, supply issues, but I know that people are frustrated. <sighs> I get it. I, I understand that you're aggravated, but let's just stick together. Let's do the right thing. Stop the spread and just, yeah, I'm sorry. It's tough. Yeah. Lizzie? I wanted to give a shout out to the TLS live show parents. Um, you know, we have Neo's dad who checks in every week. We have not just parents, family members. Not just parents, family members. Neo dad, Neo's dad checks in every week. Rob B's mom and other family members checks in every week. Yami has her aunts and her cousins who check in. And, I, and my sister, my sister checks in every week. So thank you guys. Thank you for the support. We really, thank we really appreciate it. Yes, we really, we really do. TLS fam. TLS fam. Thank you. All right, my shout outs to people getting their vaccines. Please keep getting vaccinated and keep your masks on till we end this pandemic. Don't get too lax. We got to keep our masks on. And also, like to give a shout out to our TLS pet of the week winner. Let me pull it up. It should be Remy, but it isn't. Ooh. No, it should be oh, uh, River. Oh, that's Rando. Rando, the Rando cat. All right. Selected by Olivia E. Sherry Blaine Priestess has provided a picture of a kitty with a little bell on his collar. Cute little bell on his collar. With the caption, my friend is back. He must know I long for companionship. We spent some time together <laughs> this afternoon. So thank you, Sherry Blaine Priest, for putting in your future. And if you want to check out the winner, submit your own. Join us on the TLS Pet Shenanigans Facebook group. And that is officially all the time we have for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you guys for joining us. And we hope that maybe you learned something new, gained a new perspective, or even got some things off your chest. Don't forget, follow, like, subscribe, and share at TLS Live Show. Make sure you check out YouTube, Facebook for our clips, TLSShow.com, or search Truth Live Shenanigans. Our next live show is Wednesday, this Wednesday, April 12th, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. We'll have real estate agent and trainer, Natasha Coleman, who will give us some education on buying a home during the pandemic. And starting next week, starting for the 1st of May, sorry, starting the 1st of May, TLS will be moving to one show a week for the summer. But we are moving our lovely show, TLS Unscripted. Gianni Storm, Olivia E. will be picking up on Wednesdays. So make sure you save that hour. Don't forget to tune in. Unscripted is a blast. Right now, it's every Friday, 6.30 p.m. on Instagram. And our winner for the game show and our final thought of the day, that will be Liz E. Enders. <laughs> This coming Wednesday show is not April 12th, April 21st. Oh, wow, so that sure was totally like a dyslexic thing. Sure <laughs> the 21st, I have it down. 
on April 21st. But I also just want to piggyback on something Neo Nick said. You know, some of us are getting vaccinated. Some of us are in the process of getting vaccinated. Doesn't mean that we should hold back on our precautions and our safety measures. Get vaccinated, but still wear your mask because you don't know who's around you, folks. Right. You don't know who's around you. Let's all be safe and try to get these numbers down. Love y'all. Love y'all. Come see it. All right. Thanks, Johnny, Robbie, Lizzie, our people behind the scenes, Jose, Olivia, and most importantly, thank you for joining us. We will see you guys next time. Lies, shenanigans, truth, 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 lies, shenanigans. Oh, boy.